0: Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with mother earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other mother earth to the universe so we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health environmental issues and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to again empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet if you like what you hear please hit subscribe also you can check us out on facebook instagram at the ly foundation you can also check out our website at the Lyfoundation.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today we're going to be talking about our theme for the month of April, which is all about embodiment and what that means really in our lives every day and to cultivate a healthy quality of life. Um, But I'm joined today by Phil Melinell and Rachel Baxter. Hi, guys. Hey! Hi. (laughs) So we're all gonna dive deep into this topic, um, and then hopefully shed some new information for us too along the way. So um, let's kick it off with talking about what embodiment uh, look like for you.
1: First off, I looked up the definition of embodiment, (laughs) and it went along the lines of uh, you know any thought. feeling um or some some sort of expression in tangible physical form making the our the inside of our thoughts become tangible and even then like what does tangible mean um because sometimes things can be embodied without being able to touch um or even see you know sometimes music can can you know, be tangible in the embodiment of the person, the writer, the songwriter's emotions. So I think that's a good place to kind of base what our definition of of embodiment is. Um, And I guess for me, it is uh, taking action, uh, taking steps, big or small, that is fueled by my intention um that's my current uh way of embodying what i wish to achieve like my dreams like more specifically it it can be as uh embodying a healer when i step into a massage session you know i i can't go in there um being so hyped like i would for training uh which is needed which I need to embody for, for weight training. But for example, a massage session, I want to be in my awareness of myself and the client completely, almost to the point where I kind of become the, the client's body itself, Mm. uh, trying to find what aches them or what, what kind of aches they have. Um, and even uh, when I'm in a session, I am when I'm feeling muscle tension and, and ligament and joint feelings like that. I am, an, am imagining their work day, what they must be going through. Um, not maybe I might not know their lives, but I can feel tension maybe like in the upper back and neck. And I can envision this person working uh, hard at their office job or working hard at their restaurant job. And then I want to embody uh, the the antithesis of what is causing them their tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though I'm still, even in that moment, I'm still Phil. my actions and my demeanor is embodying that which will help this person. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's just my short current <laughs> definition
2: that was great I love that I love that you looked it up I thought about it and then I was like no and then I decided you know maybe I'm just gonna wing it and even if I'm totally wrong and off past, off base and it completely means something entirely different it's totally fine um but yeah so like to me I feel like embodiment means um creating a relationship between the spiritual and physical kind of in that way you meant um you know who you have to embody spiritually like the kind of ways that you manifest something physically or in the physical realm Mm
1: -hmm. that
2: before may have only existed in you know the spiritual the unconscious the subconscious realm um because we embody you know different selves, we hope to embody better selves or like higher versions of ourselves. Um, and that only really comes with a true, deep and profound connection to the physical world and an understanding of the way that we inhabit our physical forms throughout this lifetime. Because you know, obviously, we want to transcend those things and we want to ascend to a higher state of being. But that doesn't come unless you understand the fundamentals of the physical world first and learn the lessons that it has to teach you. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I have come to learn in, in my developing of my own meaning of embodiment.
0: Yes, that's such a good well point. Uh, it's so vital, right? And especially during these times of so much uh, change in our physical reality that we and we have to be present. We have to be here in order to be active members and, and evolve. So I'm glad you, you said that, but yeah, I I guess similar for me, similar as you, as you both like that, that, that union of, uh, spiritual and physical mind, body and soul. Um, and really, like you said too, Phil, like when the time comes for whichever role that you have to show up as to really be that version of yourself, be present. Um, embodying I find is uh it just cultivates deeper presence within yourself. And then that way you're able to give that to others. Um, but yeah, honestly, y'all, y'all said it uh very well. It's it's a that union of mind, body, and soul, uh, for sure. Uh so now, you know, since we've already uh mentioned a little bit like the physical side, um, you know, why and how did both of you uh, find your physical practice? All of us here, we have our own practices that help us a lot. Um, and so I'm interested just to hear your everyone's stories, even if it's like a shorter version on how you found it and why um, it's been so helpful for you.
2: So I think my journey started out a while ago, um, I think in like early adolescence, um, it became very clear to me that I did not view my body as an extension of myself. I did not see it as like a vessel of experience. I didn't see it as any of the things that I see it as today. I saw it basically like almost as an obstacle, like because I'm in this body and because I have like all these physical experiences, I'm really unhappy. And so there was basically no, the only connection between my like spirit or my mind and my body was that of like extreme distress and extreme anguish. And that was kind of it. So I struggled with self-harm. I struggled with, you know, eating an eating disorder. I struggled with a lot of like, just, you know, substance problems and it, all came down to, I was just tearing apart at my body because there was dissonance between those things. And I didn't really view my body as something that needed to be respected, something that needed to be treated with intention um, or with care or with love in any of those ways. And so I decided, you know, everything came to a head when I started getting sick because of these things, because obviously that's going to happen. If you don't put your body and your wellness, like as a priority, it will make sure that you know, it's not happy with you. Mm-hmm. And so I had to deal with, um, you know, I would pass out, I had like some cardio, cardiovascular issues. And then I started getting autoimmune issues. And I got sicker and sicker. And I was like 19, 20, um, And feeling like I was already wearing out the body I was born in. And so It took like a a come to Jesus almost kind of moment. Um, I had to like really decide, okay, I'm not going to just use fitness to punish myself. I'm not going to use exercise to punish myself. I'm not going to use food as like a reward, something to be earned. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I really had to stand super steadfast in that assertion and get like really serious about my health really fast to try and intervene. And so I like, you know, changed my diet. I went on a like whole foods only diet um, and got into strength training and, um, you know, eventually found my way to what I do now, which is powerlifting and bikini competition. Um, But it took like such a grind because it took me using those same behaviors of like, Um, you know, exercise and diet, but this time to, you know, find harmony with my body instead of fighting against it. And I feel like that was the biggest moment for me was, you know, instead of going up against my body and viewing it as an enemy, finally, like joining hands with it and saying, okay, you're here to teach me something. You're here to help me so that I can, you know, have all these experiences. I have a voice so I can talk to people. I have hands so I can write poetry. I have like you know, all of these parts that I wouldn't be able to experience without you. So maybe we have something in common. Let's see. So then (laughs) that was kind of how I started forming a, at first begrudging and difficult relationship, but eventually one that, you know, um, was, you know, essential to my mental health.
0: Yeah. Ah, thanks for sharing so much, Rachel. Um, and yeah. Thank you. That's a that, that was, that's incredible to see what you've gone through and where you are now. And I'm so grateful that you are where you are now and doing what you're doing and spreading the message.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. Powerful.
1: I, yeah, I, I agree. And I really relate to you on all of that. And um, as I've gotten to know you, Rachel, uh, through working together in LYF, um, I was really Happy to to know about that because, um, you know, I don't get to re- lately. I haven't been able to connect with others who experience uh, that kind of uh, physical transformation uh, through specifically through weight training, is specifically because it, it is it is honestly a uh, a wild, uplifting pun intended ride. <laughs> Uh, and similar for me, I, I always had that self me versus me mentality. Um, and we, I still hear that phrase thrown around a lot. Um, and that's how I started my fitness journey. Um, cause when I was a kid, I was, I was, uh, overweight, very overweight. I was like 140 pounds at like 11 years old. And I would have a lot of nicknames like fat Phil in middle school yeah <laughs> i mean you know how kids are yeah. um and at the time yes of course it, it really hurt me but it 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 brought out a reaction to that comparison to venture into physical fitness and one thing one friend one parent led to the other and i found weightlifting in high school and it was all about anything physical it was always about just uh not being fat that's all I cared about. It wasn't about, uh, being a better person. I just wanted to not be fat so I could possibly get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and that was as simple as that. Um, but I think a part of that journey was a, was my intuition to, to push myself to my limits. Cause that's where, um, even when I, even though I was, in a different, a more materialistic um, embodiment is what I'll, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think my intuition knew that I could push myself and discover my, my current limits and expand on them safely through uh, a, a workout lifting environment. And then it wasn't until like, cause yeah, it wasn't until like I was in my mid twenties is when um, I d- decided to try powerlifting um, I was over the bodybuilding scene. I, I realized I couldn't take. I didn't want to take steroids to be as big as the Mr. Olympians, who I thought I could be at first. That was a wake-up call. But it was really when I could go all in in powerlifting and not care about winning competitions, but going there to to show my to show myself um, what the embodiment of just pure uh, pure work and just pure. Uh, what's another great word for when I'm trying to to embody right now? Uh, <laughs> it, it it was just a, just an avenue where I can just put all of my efforts into and to see what could come of it. And when I first saw that from my first couple of powerlifting competitions um, around 2013, uh, that's when I knew, I realized that uh, that you know i could i can be a better person and i had become a better person through through finding ways to embody what i want in life through my training if that makes sense um and yeah and so you know and and even then um even even after powerlifting uh i I embodied what, you know, what I felt was what I needed to be in life, which is to be a good, uh, a good lifter, and then also help other people. I wanted to embody a power lifter to help others. That's even how I even um, met you a couple for the first couple of times, Monica, is when I uh, helped you uh, and our friend Ashley lift a little bit, and it felt great. Um, and I guess what my journey revealed for me was that the embodiment process was happening over and still is happening over a long time. Cause eventually I found meditation, which is, I think the next, uh, next stage of my embodiment to, to, cause you know, through lifting, I was able to take my vision of what I want to do and plan it out. Like I can then, because of because of my intention and vision, I can plan out my 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 programming, and then I can plan out what I want to do after that. And and going through each of those steps and process um, fulfilled the 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 embodiment I was looking for. So then, through meditation and still am, I can process and and train my mind like I would through powerlifting or bodybuilding, and and program it to a way where it can it can lead my intention towards the embodiment that I desire. Um, and I guess one last part is you know, about it is, um, I think I, I, I talked about this with y'all in, in a meeting one time was, uh, I just finished a book uh, about a, a meditation teacher and his take on the story and the myth of Jesus. And how he breaks it down of how um, how the story of Jesus helps embody the the spirit of enlightenment and the spirit of embodying uh, the source or spirit rather than having a relationship between a self and uh, you know and a higher deity a higher being instead Jesus represents embodying the the, the higher divine being. And I think that's important to me um, because it helps me uh, really to stop like looking towards myself and seeing what I'm doing wrong, um, rather than rather than just like looking at what I want, uh, what I want to accomplish, and knowing and seeing the steps of you know what what it'll take to reach there. And know, and knowing that the embodiment is not when you reach the place, it's every step along the way. Um, and and I think that's an important message of how to, or at least for me, how to embody your, your dreams is to not see the embodiment as the goal, but that the embodiment is every even from the time, even before the time you realized you were trying to embody anything. Um, yeah, and then it, it's, it's hard to say with words, but I hope what I said <laughs> embodies what I'm <laughs> trying to say <laughs> about embodiment. I don't know if you guys can like, uh, React to that, or yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that you, um, I really loved what you said too about like the journey. How every step really does matter, even those pieces where it was difficult. um, That's what taught you, and ultimately, and led you to your awareness now. So, and that's been coming up a lot for me lately. Is the the importance of honoring the journey in every step because if things were to happen overnight everything that we want then we just wouldn't be ready and even with like our own physical and our overall um, embodiment of of who we are as people it's like that everyday journey that makes life a lot more enjoyable and more fun so i love that you brought that up um you know for me similarly you know i my first when I was a child, I I started gymnastics uh, when I was a young kid. And I was doing that for five years. And I really had a lot of fun. It was I was really I enjoyed it, loved doing it. Um, but then what got to me was the competition. So then I just kind of shied away from that. And it's a shame because I look back and I'm like, man, it, it could have been nice to stick it through, but it was just too much, the competition. And then later on. Um, I just started focusing more on dance. Um, but I kind of always had um, because I'm a smaller human being, you know, just like this idea that I couldn't ever be strong. And that's why when I got to meet you, Phil, it was very powerful for me because you probably were the big, be- you helped me to re- realize like that inner strength, it all it all comes hand in hand, right? Um, and then when I was, uh, but when I was nineteen, that's when I discovered yoga, and that's what became really consistent in my life um, ever since. And then about five years ago now. Um, I started the Ashtanga yoga practice, um, had my teacher on here a few weeks ago, got to talk all about it. Um, And that's been the that's been my practice. And it's it's been uh, very good for me. Um, And it definitely has helped build uh, a lot of strength, but both inward and outward. And I finally can realize like I can totally be strong. And um, even though I am a smaller human being. So (laughs) It's uh, it's all internal reflected in the external ultimately. So, but it's a it's a journey, and I it's interesting too just how much as kids we go through a lot of uh, just harmful ideas of our image, and of course it doesn't help right what we see in the media um, on what the ideal woman should look like or the ideal guy should look like. So um, yeah, I'm grateful to be here with you both and realizing how much we've overcome.
1: Real quick, I I think you, I just want to touch upon a a, a subject too. I think it's important, because you brought it up as like, you know, when we when we're when we grow up, at first as kids, um, it can be very easily done to embody whatever your environment is giving you, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we don't even notice what we're embodying so there's there's two I guess there's two things that uh, two thoughts that I'm thinking is that you know embodiment um, you can embody something without even trying to embody something it, like without the intention of you're just mm-hmm. taking it in um, and that could be for better or for worse right um, and then there's a point where you you see someone or you see a thing or you see a life you want for yourself uh and then you have to to intentionally uh embody and that's that can be a whole other game and you know like like we we've all discussed about our embodiment lives it it all took uh purposeful steps um towards that so um yeah yeah and i think we're all i think the i mean the fact that we're all having this conversation shows that we're all We've all begun a, a purposeful uh, journey to emb- uh, of embodiment of you know what we want in this world and mm. what we want for ourselves too.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that. So now to talk more about um, mental health, right, in relation to our physical practice, that connection, and how it's helped you in your mental health journey uh, to be where you are now.
1: Man like men- mentally it's it's been wild it's been wild Because uh, like like lifting powerlifting, embo- being able to embody uh and transform not just physically but also intentionally transform my own my own mind at the time um was was empowering beyond belief and um I, and I'll be the first to say that it it, it made me a little, uh, uh, a little, uh, I don't want to say boastful, but like I over, I began over, um, overestimating um, some things about myself because, you know, I felt really good and, you know, I, I, I thought I can, you know, I wanted to accomplish more because I just wanted more of whatever it was, I was experiencing. Um, and so, I, I think that that type of mindset, although it, it did bring some uh, some suffering <laughs> because I wanted to do everything after that because like oh I can do this powerlifting I can do this next um, but I didn't fully uh, go through the steps of embodiment that I did with powerlifting out um, uh, and you know I, I got to try out a lot of different things, try a lot of different uh, ways of helping people through training, tried a lot of different, uh, uh, sports or lifestyles. And, you know, like I would always end up stopping and I was always trying to find that next thing I could do, like, like powerlifting. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, ap- um, um, helping out with uh, the Love Yourself Foundation, uh, about a year or two in is when, when I, at like, r- really regimented a meditation, uh, regimen, uh, <laughs> program. And, when I did that, when I when I did that first month, like uh I I finally was able to notice my own thinking process. And it was really eye opening, it was very humbling. In fact, I, I think I almost went a little crazy because I was noticing all the things that I wasn't doing to embody what I want. And it was I was really ashamed. Uh and that's that can be a big part of embodiment. Um, definitely, embodying what you see can be very blissful and joyous. Um, but I, you know, I do think that there, you know, when you have to embody, when you want to embody your 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 life choice, you're going to have to let go of the things that don't serve what your embodiment, and that can be that you, you, the person can go through a lot of suffering um, because, you know, attachments and whatnot. And that's what I've definitely been been going through lately um, this past uh, year and a half of meditation and I'm still learning it. And and I have to relearn it again at times and uh, reconfront things every day in order to really ingrain those patterns um, that represent you know who i want to be and i guess like my most important lesson is that you know even though even though i'm not uh like for example i want to have uh, a studio of my own to train and to help people massage and meditate and i although i don't have a physical building there um the steps that i'm doing like taking the time to uh, formulate a business plan uh continue building relationships with people, working on my own physical fitness, all of those things are components of the embodiment. And I remind myself about that when I doubt uh, what I'm doing is 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 going to be fruitful um, because I see that version of Phil in the studio and that Phil and that studio is a culmination of all the work from now until then. So as long as I keep taking each of those steps, um, physically uh because like when i'm taking those uh, those steps in the physical realm it does i now know it does mean that i'm mentally uh connecting that uh with spirit and compassion um and i think all of those three uh really and like help the full embodiment of whatever one desires.
2: i love that i love that it's it's hard to yeah it it can feel like an uphill struggle at sometimes, or sometimes like, you know, you're not where you want to be. And it's hard to sometimes see from a bigger picture perspective how these things will, you know, eventually lead to that goal. Um, that's something I've had to learn too. Um in terms of like mental health, obviously, you know, it has helped me form a better relationship with my body, but I feel like um, find powerlifting and finding fitness and and my definition of it is like has made me a better person in so many different ways. Um, like I, you know, when I was in that self-destructive phase, I was like, yes, I'm a failure and I'm determined to fail spectacularly and I will learn nothing from it and I will just continue to be a catastrophe. Um, like I will be self-destructive, I will be, you know destructive to everything basically. And so I had, I felt like I had a great attitude towards failure because I was like, yeah, I fail all the time. I'm really bad at being a human and being good to myself. Um, but that wasn't failure because I didn't learn anything from it and I didn't do anything differently the next time. And now, um, I, you know, I compete as a power lifter almost full time. And now, my attitude towards failure is so much healthier that I can't even like, I can't even imagine that I felt like I was really good at failure before because, you know, people don't care about when you, if you fail a lift or if you miss a lift or something, people are there to support you and, you know, your coach or someone near you is only ever going to give you like, you know what, I think maybe you're just wearing your own head on that. Maybe this was off. Maybe this was off. Let's try it again next week. Let's try it again tomorrow. Let's try it again whenever. And so it's, it really was just like, you get really comfortable with failure because you don't see it as some big scary thing to overcome or something you can never go near. Like for a while, I was afraid to try weights or things that I hadn't done before because I was like, well, I know I can do these weights, but I can't do these ones. So I'm going to stay over here and never venture over there because that's where failure might be. When really seeing that failure might be over there, but you're going to learn a lot from it, um, was super valuable for me to learn. And now I I have that attitude towards failure. I have, you know, the motivations there often because, you know, you have like a competition or a landmark to work towards, but also the disciplines there. Like I have some so much more mental discipline. Um, because like, I will have days, I don't want to get up and I will still get up and go to the gym and move my body intentionally. Um, like, and and it's just because it's become a habit because it's like, yeah, we, I move my body and now I've accomplished something, even if I didn't like feel super jazzed about it. And, you know, the rest of the stuff that comes outside of, you know, those two hours in the gym has grown so important to me. So listening to my body, listening to what soul or what needs stretching like i do tons of mobility and yoga now um whereas before i would have just like been like suck it up you shouldn't be sore or you know you don't you can just you know walk it off um and and sleeping and getting water and getting food getting whole nutrients like all of these things have become super important to me and they all contribute to our you know mental health like you know the science is is there undoubtedly that the more that you treat your physical body better, the better a, a chance you have at overcoming mental health and bil- or mental illness and building that mental resilience, which I think is what I needed most is I needed that resilience because before you touched me and I shattered, like you couldn't come any hardship and I would fall apart. And now, you know, I see these things as, as things to learn from experiences to grow through and, you know, and if a hardship comes up like it did last year, it becomes something that's like, hey, we're going to be OK and we're going to learn from this. And I think that was the the biggest thing that I've gained um, throughout my journey.
0: Yeah, I love that you talked about discipline um, because that is it's so interesting. I feel like the more that the more disciplined we become with like our practices, the more full that life actually gets and that we can actually experience all of what life has to offer. But, but at the same time, by having that discipline, it's your foundation. Right. And thank goodness, because, you know, even if a pandemic comes like it did, you had your practice right to lean on um, and, and remember that, you know, this too shall pass. So I think that's a big piece that I've learned too is the power of discipline and to, and it can be intimidating at first for sure. But like what y'all were saying earlier, too, just like the long term gains are so worth it, you know, for like that short term, oh, I don't want to wake up and go work out, but, you know, doing it anyway because you know it's going to help you. So yeah, I love that.
1: For sure. Like, um, yeah, no, that was well, well said, too, Rachel. And like a lot of the things you said, like, I was like, oh yeah, like, man, I remember, I remember going through similar things like that too. Like I, I, when I, I didn't want to leave powerlifting for a while. Um, and, and I technically still haven't, I just haven't competed, but I can tell you the things that I learned, um, from powerlifting and, and, and really doing my best to embody, um, that powerlifting, uh, you know, Uh, self, um, it, all those disciplined actions transferred over to the other things in my life. Um, you know, and I think for, you know, for anyone else listening, I think it, 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 it's, it's good to say that, you know, first, you know, embody something that, that you, you enjoy first, or that you, uh, if, if you find, you know, gaining discipline hard, do something that's, uh, E- uh, enjoyable, uh, not necessarily easy, but it's easy to enjoy. Um, and because it, you can enjoy it, you're more likely to, to do the things that are required, uh, the discipline that's needed to, to fulfill your wants. Um, and a lot of the times like those, those actions, uh, can be transferred over to, you know, like for example, like a lot of my, my, my balance and queuing for like the squat. Um, and deadlift, I use in snowboarding. Uh, I use a lot of hip drive. Uh, I contract my glutes and my hamstrings when I want to go toe side. Uh, When I'm going heel side, I'm contracting my core and letting my my butt stick out like I would in a squat. And, man, it it makes me so happy to know, um, because there was a point where I wondered, like, was powerlifting even worth my time? Like, when I have those moments where I'm trying new things, and applying my 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 previous uh, ways, like it it really shows me how how magical the human experience is that we can transfer these things over to anything else. And of course, you know, transferring uh, some mental aspects of of, of focusing and training to focusing in massage, uh, to now you know uh, focusing on my relationships and bonds. Uh, from the relationship I built with myself this whole time through training and meditation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So good. So good. Um, before we hop off, I wanted to um, connect to just on how important it is to be present. Right. And, and by cultivating that presence, but for society too, right. Cause especially with what's happening now with, you know, as we're slowly here in the United States, depends where you are. Some areas are better than others, like with the pandemic. Um, but just how important it is to be present and embody that presence right now so we can hold to, hopefully make better changes to come and uh also facing the reality, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that don't even believe that the pandemic is real which is crazy to me, but, you know, it's, it's, but again, I find that's a form of escapism and it's also a form of, again, not being here now. So I just wanted to take a moment and talk about that. If you guys have any thoughts.
2: Yeah. I think I would really hope to see, you know, in the coming years, a shift from, you know, medicine and medical practices or things like that being, focused around illness, and instead focusing more on wellness, because that is something that um, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, lack of, honestly, like, the, the amount of people who don't know that, you know, most people, no matter where they live, are deficient in vitamin D, or C, or things like that, that, you know, it's not enough to just go about your day that, you know, you have to move intentionally get sunlight. Um, that these are, you know, essential functions for just digestion and absorption of micronutrients or processing of macronutrients, like things like that are, um, not really well looked upon, uh, because, you know, most people, when they go to the doctor, if they have the access to healthcare, which is not a given, they get, you know, 15 minutes to address any outstanding problems, not to give any advice on, wellness and, and going forward and living a healthy life, um, like to the fullest extent. And so I think if people focus more on, you know, meditation offering, like offering that as a way to improve your life quality, um, that would make a big difference to a population such as ours, which is known to be at high risk for cardiac events, mm-hmm. known to be at high risk for mental like distress and hypertension and all kinds of things that meditation is proven again and again to mitigate and help with. Um, I think that these things are often touted because, as you know, alternative medicine or, you know, fake medicine, if you want to get really blunt about it, because people don't trust something if it's not pharmaceutical or something like that. If it's not given to them by, you know, a, someone in a white coat, they don't really trust it as something that can concretely help them. So I would really hope that there is a a kind of shift, um, you know, maybe going onward from this of, you know, looking at what we do in our everyday life, because clearly what we were doing before COVID hit wasn't sustainable, because people's immune systems were clearly just ready for the picking. And I think that should be something that we look at preventing on a worldwide basis, there are obviously so many things that need to be um, like clean water, clean access to food, access to things like that. Those are immediate needs. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, in our, our population, especially in America, we definitely need to look at, you know, we have people walking around with m- like multiple, often comorbid, um, you know, things, uh, comorbid, you know, issues that can leave them vulnerable and I think that they would benefit on a physical level from these practices, but also on a mental level, because so many people are walking around with some form of mental problem, some sort of mental struggle, and they don't, you know, a lot of them haven't seen this as a way of relief, a way of living their life to the fullest and being able to not just walk around and think, yeah, being stressed, having a headache and having a sore back is my default. That's my life. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. And I, I hope that we start to um, expand a little bit more into seeing wellness and fitness and all these things as something that can benefit literally everyone because I think that it it absolutely
0: can. Yes, so well said.
1: <laughs> I agree, 100 million percent. <laughs> uh, man, like I really think... Um, Man, if I didn't find some form of physical activity, um, I don't think it would have led me to meditation in the first place. Uh, um, I really think that, like right right at this time, we're on on we're we're right there in the beginning of a a cognitive or a contemplative fitness revolution. Kind of like I think around the sixties seventies. Uh, more I think sixties is when like physical fitness it became a thing like it was a like uh it was kind of like a thing that only uh, that was viewed that only the rich could do like oh you're gonna train and exercise that's something that only like the the you know the wealthy have the time and resources for but guess what like now today well more, the more and more uh, people from from all walks of life uh, and all parts of the globe are able to find some type of metal or make a wooden squat rack and move. Um, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, not, not, uh, not to forget about all the other sports that are out there now today as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really do think still that physical fitness is a great first step towards, uh, mental presence, um, and a great first step towards, uh, Chasing uh, after whatever you want to embody. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention all the great benefits after after the fact, like you know, hopefully a better heart rate, uh, better blood flow, uh, breathing will be a lot uh, a lot uh, better and more efficient. Um, all those things that can lend to a, a healthy mentality, uh, because of you know, like the spirit is everywhere. Um, but definitely our, our, our mentality uh, is influenced by our brain. Um, and like like Rachel said, uh, like there's science to show that, you know, I don't know the exact study, but I, I, I have heard, heard of some studies where, you know, those who exercise were less likely to have Parkinson's. And that can say a lot, you know, like uh, if if you're not using the space that, that your body is capable of, uh, your brain won't use that space either, you know. Um, so, so yeah. So, being present, I, I think you can start on, on either end, uh, the the meditative mental or the physical. Um, but I think it's easiest through uh, physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be a really great uh, because you can practice meditation while you're training too, and that's honestly something that I'm I'm currently figuring out how to combine those two in new uh, new ways. I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm only, i pretty much experiencing on myself. Um, but if anyone's out there who else is, who's also doing that, please talk to me. I, I, <laughs> I love like, Rachel, if you want to talk about this, Monica, man, I love nerding about like all, all the cool stuff um, that, you know, that we're gonna continue to, discover for humanity Mm -hmm. um and that's what makes me hopeful of what you know what humans uh, what humans are going to be like in the next couple of decades if if this trend of meditation keeps going forward uh man humans are going to be doing great i think
0: yeah yes what came to my mind right now is belief right because first comes belief you know belief that you can change belief that you can start a new habit um and even if it looks really daunting at first but just remembering like it all it it's just hard at the beginning just like taking those first steps and then soon as it becomes your your habit like you were saying rachel and so it just just starting is the hardest part but believing that you can do it and it, it really um it's really the journey back to the journey <laughs> And then just wanted to also note, like you know, humans—we're animals, and we're not meant to just be sitting at our computers all day, you know, like which is so much of people's workplace nowadays. So just incorporating movement and remembering that you're—we are animals. We need to move, and we need to have that connection uh, with ourselves, with with the planet, with as we're walking, getting getting grounded, literally with nature. Um, so yeah. Beautiful stuff. Well, anything else that y'all want to say before we sign off?
2: I think I would just say, do your body something good. Do your body some good today. Um, Even if it's just, you know, a 10 minute walk, a 10 minute walk outside in the sun, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Just turn off your phone for 10 minutes to turn it to airplane mode and just take in the sights, be mindful. And that's a good way to get both those things. in. is you'll you'll get a little mini walking meditation, and you'll get some fitness in. drink some water, eat some really good food really mindfully today, just do something that's that's good for your body.
1: Yeah, totally. Start, start small, and make it, you know, repetitive, or I mean, repeat that small step as many times as you need to. Um, and I think a really really important saying that I, I always tell myself is it's always okay to start again mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of habits or uh, a lot of uh, routines I see uh, through my own previous clients or from others is you know when when you're starting a journey or whatever it's if it's whether it's physical or meditation and say you have an off day or you miss it or you you eat, what you don't want or you you eat the things that you know you shouldn't or you overeat then you you know you get down on yourself and you say well i might as well just stop right now and start and wait till the very next week or the very next month to start over Um, you can always start again like whenever you want and you can start again the very next second Mm -hmm. and it's a very powerful uh cue i think a mental cue to keep uh, from getting too down on yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I know it's
1: worked for me. i I'm done. I used to be down, still am at, 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 certain aspects of my life, but that's when I hear that IQ, Oh, you can always start again. And I think that could be very useful mm-hmm. for anyone.
0: Absolutely. And just throwing compassion at yourself and being kind, you know, while you're trying to change and do better for yourself. And when you, when you have, when you hear that negative thought, just throwing that word you can throw a word love to mine or you can throw compassion to it you just by thinking of that word um it's 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 actually quite magical the effects that has when the negative self-talk comes in so awesome guys well thank you for chatting with me um always love getting to connect with the team on here so thank you both Thank you. Mm-hmm thank you. Awesome. And to folks listening, thanks for tuning in and be sure to leave us a review so we can continue to grow. Until next time.